Hey, this is Mike Bob, and I'm a guy who used to make things, and sometimes I still do. These days, I prefer making podcasts, and I have a new one called Soundtrack to My Life. On this podcast, I talk to different creative people about the music that shaped them. Sometimes the conversations are funny, and sometimes they're just kind of sweet. I love that Pina Colada song. Yeah, I do. Rihanna has had a huge impact on my songwriting. I'm diving into the ocean, finding that one fish that has the toxins, and I'm just drinking those toxins all day. Maybe they're saying, like, you should now go forth and rock. It's like a peace be with you situation. I also have a playlist called F Jams. One and two. It's just in case. We dance to a jazz version of my favorite things. Soundtrack to my life. It's available exclusive on Spotify. It's a exclusive. I'm going to try to make that word take off. It's a music plus talk show, meaning I can play songs in their entirety. So think of this as an interactive playlist with some of the coolest creative people I know. And you should know, too. Soundtrack to my life. A Spotify exclusive. Hi, I'm Mike Bobbitt. I am a lot of things. I'm a comedian, I'm a podcaster, I'm a writer, an actor, and a storyteller. But most of all, I'm a dad now. Movies were an important part of my childhood, and I'm hoping they'll be an important part of my kids' childhood, too. So through this podcast, I talk to my friends about movies that were important to them when they grew up, and I also talk to my friends who are parents about their experiences introducing their own kids to movies. This is Movies for Kids. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever grow up. Sometimes I wonder if I know it's me. I know it's me. I am talking this week to one of my newer friends. She started comedy last year, I believe. Am I right on that? About two years ago. Two years ago? Okay. Yeah, but you get a go through the right the mumble jumble of you got to do new way bar a hundred times and then. Right. (laughs) And then you're more official. I think that's how it works. (laughs) When I started, it was Club Bart, which is, you know, Uh, within (laughs) spitting distance of New Way. So, yeah. You just have to start somewhere at Nine and Woodward. And then, yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, Hopefully indoors. Yeah. And you've also become sort of like the photographer of comedians as well, too, which is really awesome because you have such an amazing eye. Thank you. I love how, like, most recently, uh, well, first of all, we're talking to Kara Karachi, which I double checked with Alex, and he said yep. that that's the right way to, because s- I was like, I've only seen her name written. I've never hosted a show yeah. where I had to bring you up on stage or anything. Yep, but absolutely. L- like you most recently took pictures of our friends, Johanna Madranda and yeah. Connor Mead, who mm-hmm. don't have a ton of self-esteem and I I say that from knowing them and loving them like daughters (laughs) and you made them look so beautiful and I could tell how proud they were of those pictures like you you have such a fantastic eye and it's really neat looking at your work I'm in awe of it my background is television and radio and even oh, though cool. like I should have an eye for composition, I don't I don't think it's something that can be taught. I, I think you were born with this natural and artistic ability and uh, it really shows in your work and it's incredible. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. Um, I'm like I'm gonna try 
not to cry here. You posted something a while ago on Facebook that really made me want to reach out to you, even though we don't really know each other very well, but I found it incredibly profound. And it was something that I really wanted to include in this podcast series, because I think a lot of people can take something from this. I'm going to read what you wrote. Uh, you wrote, too many people say if I only had blank, then I could blank. I grew up with minimalist parents. As a kid, I learned how to make something out of nothing. I found happiness in listening to Andy Williams records in front of a mirror in the 90s. I used sour cream containers as Barbie doll bathtubs. We had two TVs in our house. One was a black and white TV with no remote, and it's not meant to be some hipster decor. Stop thinking you need. That's not where happiness resides. And I was like, wow, that is so true. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's something my husband and I are continue to go through where we're, you know, especially with kids, right? Yeah. When I got married to my husband, him and I lived very different lives. I think a good example is like he was the type of parent who would go to Sam's Club and he had to have every cupboard in the whole refrigerator full at all times right uh -huh. even if half the food was going to be thrown out and i'm the opposite i'm the type of person who's like well i'm just going to eat what i need but i'll go to the store every three days if i have to i'm just i'm very much a necessity person and sometimes it was too extreme so we've learned to even each other out so with that particular comment i think especially we're going through it right now with covid um and with this pandemic people have lost their jobs and i'm saying to my husband like well why don't people have money in savings or why do people think they can't live right now why can't people make it day to day this is like, I cannot make sense of it. And so that particular comment is just ultimately saying, like, we need to start to define what is wants and needs. Absolutely. Yeah. We talk very often, my husband and I, that isn't it amazing that that people's um, salaries will increase, right? I, we make more money than we did when we were 20 years old. A lot of people do right? mm -hmm. when, when they were right, teenagers. Yeah. But so what has changed then I don't know if it's an American thing or if it's a, but why do we feel that we always have to, you know, spend 80% of our income? Right. It's always interesting to me that people feel this need of the whatever keeping up with the Joneses. You don't have to. And that's where that comment came from. I don't know. I grew up with, I remember having a costume box and it was just, mm -hmm. you know, it was like old clothes of my mom's that she didn't want or whatever. And that was like, you know, that was us having fun let's just literally like mr dress up you know okay let's go into this costume box yeah. and see what we come up with and i didn't grow up in the type of household that it was like oh there's this new doll out and i have to have it and i'm going not only do i have to have it but i'm going to get it i grew up maybe how your husband did because i'm unfortunately the same way yeah. he is now yeah. but like for example anything star wars that came out I ended up getting. There are some things because I still enjoy looking at the old Star Wars stuff from the late 70s, early 80s, where I'll, I'll look at something and go, oh, yeah, I, 
I, I forgot. I, I owned that. <laughs> but a memory that I still have that has never gone away was one time my mom had like a, a Better Homes and Garden magazine or something like that. And they had sort of like rainy day crafts. And they had a thing on how to make paper mache caves and stuff like that for your kids' action figures and stuff. So I still remember my mom blowing up balloons, wrapping it in paper mache, and then giving us little huts and stuff like that to play with. Because that ultimately meant way more than going to Toys R Us and buying a Hoth playset that I completely forgot existed until, you know, maybe a month ago or whatever. So, yeah, it is right. You know, like you said, with the sour cream containers doubling as Barbie bathtubs and stuff. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, I'm nervous that that is going to completely just go away. That we just live in this world of, I see something on Amazon, I need it, and I'm going to get it now. In fact, I'm going to get it in 24 hours. I mean, all, yeah. I mean, all of that to me is just mind blowing. I'm afraid for the future, and I, I feel like a, a totally an old lady. You know, I feel like my parents having this conversation. I'm really hoping that Benji will be a little bit more like me where like if i have a free hour i'm going to enjoy much more editing one of my too many podcasts than i would playing a video game like i still have a game that i got for christmas that i haven't even started yet because i just enjoy creating more than i enjoy consuming yeah that's awesome how did you go about trying to instill that in the kids then it's tough because it is two different households so okay now my one stepdaughter loves to write you know since right now she's writing a book um which i can't even comprehend but um i try to remember too is that okay just you know it's a different day and age and that okay her sitting down and writing that's great right and she's being she's being creative and i can't expect that they're going to use sour cream containers for um (laughs) for barbie dolls they Um, might be a little too old for barbie dolls at this point (laughs) yes they've given they have given up on them but i do think um that and then we're really big on trying to get them just out of the house and in nature and just putting the phone down that's been part of our parenting style <sighs> they're, they're kind of on that cusp where they didn't necessarily grow up with technology when they were two or three or four benji is your son correct yep mm-hmm. okay so i'm worried about benji who's going to he's going to be creating a website when he's four yeah and i it is a different way of learning creativity. I just think your mind works differently. Yeah, I'm trying to do a good job of keeping him away from technology. But And yeah. I was just talking about this at work yesterday where I'm like, man, it's so weird that he's so drawn to my cell phone. Like, he'll push past all of his toys just to get to my phone. And I can't figure out why that is. It's not like, like I have another friend that I work with and her daughter is four and she's all over her phone because she likes looking at TikTok videos. And I'm like, but yeah, Benji's 10 months. He doesn't know how to look at videos or whatever. And they pointed out, they were like, does he see you on your phone a lot? And I'm like, Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm yeah. trying to get better at not being on my phone around him because I don't want him to be one of those kids who's glued to a screen all the time. Sure. That's interesting. Yeah. I've just adapted to who my 
parents are so much. My folks just had never really, they're completely the type of people that are, oh, if it's not broke, then why fix it? You know, I mean, I think we've got the same kitchen table we've we've had for (laughs) whatever, 45 years, because it's just a table with chairs. and. Yeah, my dad died two years ago, and it was particularly hard on my mom because there was a lot of stuff that they had from when they first got married or my dad brought to Michigan with him that he's had since college and trying to let go of that kind of stuff is really, really hard. And, you know, Allison and I were very much like, well, we have our stuff because we had a home before too, so we can't have double things. And it became a really difficult thing to navigate where we had to kind of accept and understand that there was 50 years of sentimental value attached to these things. And we couldn't expect her to not only lose my dad, but lose everything associated with him. It was a really difficult time. Yes. You, I sound like, I don't mean to sound excited. I Gosh, I think you could do an entire podcast with people who have, are going through exactly that, right? So my next Um, podcast will be called My Dead Dad. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Sam Rager will do a spinoff called My Dead Mom. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Oh my gosh. It is totally about that emotional connection. It also goes back to your Facebook post, too, where mm-hmm. it's the difference between want and need. And in all honesty, there were some things that my mom needed then, and she has boxes now of stuff to donate to Goodwill that she needed at the time, but she knows she doesn't need now. I, I think maybe that's important, too, to recognize that there can also be an emotional need Besides just a practical need. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. I'm glad that we're having this conversation. Aw, I'm glad we're having this conversation too. Now, I will say this, because I don't, I don't think I come across this way necessarily to people. I struggled the other way. And what I mean by that is that I struggled with buying new things for mm-hmm. years. I mean, it wasn't, it truly wasn't into the past eight years being with my husband because my whole life was hand-me-downs and I'm the youngest of two older sisters. They're 10 years older than me. I would always, I always poke fun that like I had a, my first bike was a seventies banana seat bike, not because it was cool by any means, but by, because that was my sister's bike and I got the hand-me-down. My first bike was a 70s banana seat bike, too, but that's because it was the 70s. <laughs> there you go, right? Yes. It was red and it had a sparkly seat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I bet it was. Yes. It was truly my husband that got me to that point. He's like, you don't have to live this way. Because I was almost living uncomfortably because I wouldn't just like spend the money. Yeah. And then it was like this reflection of myself. Well, like, do you not feel like you, have you heard of Miranda July? I feel like. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Me, you and everyone else I know. Do you know Mm -hmm. the movie? Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has, okay, great. Because you're like one of the few people. (laughs) Um, And there's a scene in the movie where that her shoe is rubbing against her foot. And the guy's like, do you think you deserve that? And so I always think of that scene and I 
think of myself. And I'm like, do you think you deserve, like, do you don't have to live with that pain on your heel? You, you have enough money, you work hard enough that you can have nice things. And so I always thought like nice things was, I don't know, I just had a negative connotation with it. Yeah. Like flaunting or whatnot. And I've tried to embrace that, like, no, I just want to have nice things once in a while because you know what? I worked hard for it and I don't, I don't have to explain myself. <laughs> yeah. And and that's the thing, too, about, you know, like you were saying with people who just want to buy off of Amazon because it's easy. Maybe if you don't buy everything you want in that instance, it's going to make it easier to get the nice thing later that lasts. Yeah. Like, yeah. after I got divorced, I had a lot of Ikea furniture. But when Allison and I were starting a home together, it was one of those things where it's like, well, even though we're not planning on moving again, because now we have a more mortgage, we should have nice things. We should have a nice kitchen set and stuff like that. And I don't have to worry now sitting on a kitchen chair that's wobbling going, well, that's not going to make another move. For sure. And I think that becomes then a reflection of your relationship and your marriage and you know yeah. we're in this together forever and so yeah because my ex-wife and i did a lot of ikea stuff and, wow oh. it's interesting i right? yeah i don't mean to laugh about that but yeah that mm-hmm. was a great wow that's a great analogy oh my god wow that's yeah that is heavy yes my husband and i think you know we're very much into energies and and whatnot like that's so we you know we whatever we believe in all of that um so i will also say this because i posted that facebook post on linkedin but i wrote it a little differently okay i think it was all the same except the very beginning i said i think i said too many people think that they need a new camera in order to become a good photographer right but you need to learn how to use the camera. Yeah. Because I think that happens too. And we, you know, we, gosh, we especially went with that. We we dealt with that with kids. And you'll see this with your son where he might want to do everything on, you know, he might want to do everything. I want to try lacrosse and I want to do basketball and, and guitar. And then, and oh my gosh. And before you know it, you're spending thousands of dollars for this kid to kind of sort of like and try everything my philosophy with that too is just well if you really want to learn something then you can learn on you know the hundred dollar camera and then once you start to get better at it because i see that happen all the time these parents will be like well my kid's gonna play guitar and then they buy in this electric guitar and then before you know it it's just collecting dust my nephew plays guitar and he learned on like a guitar that i got from jc penny's when i was a teenager and it turned out to be a thing that he stuck with and you know through the years and he ended up getting other guitars and more equipment because it turned out to be a thing that he's really passionate about but he didn't start off with you know a fender or anything like that so yeah yes i'm so glad that we had this conversation today likewise i'm gonna add in addition to being a great photographer and comedian you are also an incredibly profound person and (laughs) i cannot wait for this pandemic to be over so we can do a show together and uh i i don't know if your comfort level would include doing the truth cast but if you ever want to 
act profanely yes. silly with me and Alex, we would love to have you on that too. Absolutely, because yeah, I love that whole entire concept. It kind of intertwines almost in improv and comedy and all that. 